the patient was the, the factory worker's wife and the factory worker got COVID because he was told to go to work despite there being an outbreak at the factory because it wasn't on his shift. He got COVID. So did everyone on a shift. So did his daughter. So did his wife. And she's dead now. And, you know, you're, I am ticked off because that's a senseless, un, unacceptable death because we don't we're not doing things properly for the people that we rely on. It's just not fair. And what is the definition of insanity? We are living it. Shutdown after shutdown, they're not really shutdowns, and they solve absolutely nothing. I mean, yeah, we'll lower cases, but then they'll bounce back up the second we ease restrictions. And it's clear we're not going to have vaccines to stop the third wave now engulfing us. We've got ICUs full of young people fighting a much tougher variant, and now the threat of a fourth wave that could be coming. And so why are those in charge you know, insistent on playing the gong show with our lives. I mean, why are they not aggressively going after hotspots, you know, vaccinating essential workers that are, you know, who are driving outbreaks, vaccinating teachers so we can keep kids in schools? Where's the rapid testing? Why are we using shutdowns instead of aggressively going where COVID spreads? David Redman is a retired lieutenant colonel with 27 years of experience in Canadian Armed Forces and the former head of Alberta's Emergency Health Management Agency. And maybe you, sir, can answer that question. I'm sorry, Alex. I can't answer the question because one of the things that we knew before uh, COVID came to Canada and one of the things that we've seen study after study after the first wave is Lockdowns do not have any significant effect on transmission of the virus, and they certainly have very little, if any, uh, effect on deaths caused by the virus. So I want to go back to the first part of that. Study after study showed that the lockdown methodology has a, at best, small but not significant effect on transmission of the virus. And yet we're being told that the increase is because we haven't locked down hard enough, when in fact there's no evidence to prove that it had any effect in the first place. Right. And yet here today, a medical officer of health went around the province uh, and and implemented uh, that all schools in one of the biggest uh, regions in the country are shut down effective tomorrow, giving parents absolutely no time to to deal with childcare or work issues, whatever. You've got Toronto Health now saying uh, and calling for the province's uh, medical officer of health to to implement much tougher, um, uh, you know, stay at home orders. Um, You know, people don't know what is going on. On Thursday, we just had the Premier come out and and introduce restrictions that have done absolutely nothing and have really uh, had Toronto and the GTA under restrictions since November 23rd. Um, They keep seeming to trying to do the same thing and getting the same result. And people are just checking out and getting frustrated. So in my opinion, this uh, virus is doing what viruses do all the time. They follow the annual infection curve of our country which doesn't start to drop until the middle of April. It does this every year. And so the uh, hollows and bumps that you're seeing with the new variants of concern is totally normal at this time of year. And I do not believe that the lockdowns have any effect on that curve. They certainly haven't seemed to here or in other countries around the world that have been studied. But one of the things we do know about lockdowns is they have massive collateral impacts. And it happens in five areas, but one of the key areas is education of our children. And there's Mm -hmm. been study after study done on the massive collateral impact, not just on uh, on the actual academic education of children when you close schools, but on the mental health of the children, which has Mm -hmm. significant impacts for the rest of their life. 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm, look, I'm seeing it in my own child. I know parents uh, of other children are seeing the implications. It's just this instability. You know, when my little boy breaks down in tears because he doesn't want to be isolated again, I mean, first of all, he shouldn't even be worried about that because I don't know why teachers are talking to them about that. Um, there's just this kind of chronic anxiety being introduced into our kids' lives, which does that long-term damage, as you say. But where do you see this going? Because, you know, clearly the premier's under a great deal of pressure in Ontario to use further lockdown restrictions. Um, you know, Alberta is looking at it. BC is now is now, you know, invoking these things. I mean, we just don't seem to have anyone taking the lead. Unfortunately, we, back in March, gave the power to our medical officers of health. And what they did is they formed advisory groups. I think in Ontario, it's called a scientific advisory group here. We call it the the Edmonton Zone uh, Medical Staff Association. And, And these little think tanks, they're not think tanks in terms of anything other than how to develop new messaging for lockdowns. They certainly don't look at any of the conflicting science that says what they're doing is wrong. They simply develop messaging on how to create more fear in the public to ensure that lockdowns continue. So where do I think this is going? We've already seen messaging coming out of these think tank groups that we need to lock down our society until we almost get to zero COVID. And that what they're saying now, the words I'm hearing now, is until everyone is fully vaccinated, not partially vaccinated, <laughs> fully vaccinated. That means next September. And you know what happens next October. New yeah. variants of concern the terminology they use, will emerge, which perhaps make the vaccines not as effective, and we will play this game all over again. Yeah, it is uh, is incredibly frustrating not to see any leadership uh, position right now in this country have any sort of vision other than uh, lockdowns. I mean, there are things that they can do. I mean, I'm I'm no expert, but I already know that we could be vaccinating teachers. I already know that we could be vaccinating the hot zones where you've got essential workers working in these big warehouses where the outbreaks are happening, and yet none of that's being done. None of it. We always knew that COVID kills 96% of the deaths from COVID are people over the age of 60 with severe comorbidities. We Mm -hmm. always knew that. We knew that back in February. We know that now. It's the same true today as it was then worldwide. So if lockdowns are so magical and are so effective, I want to take you back to Sweden. Sweden right now has exactly the same curve as we do. It has exactly the same profile in deaths. It is uh, lower than Quebec if you go province to to, to country. It is lower than France, Germany, Italy, uh, Great Britain, um, uh, Spain, all who've used massive lockdowns. It has a lower death per capita than all of them, and in most cases, significantly lower. And yet they didn't close their schools. They believe in one meter social distancing where possible. They believe in not wearing masks. So if our lockdown methodology of using non-pharmaceutical interventions is so effective, why is Sweden beating us Mm -hmm. on every corner? So if you were in charge, and sadly you are not, what would you, because, you know, it's clear, I think, to a lot of people in the general public that, that we need either a pivot away from the experts in charge now and maybe get some fresh eyes on this thing. But if you were advising premiers, let's say, in Ontario, which is a a bit of a hotbed right now, what would you be telling them? What would the action you'd be saying do? I just sent another letter to all 13 premiers on March 31st saying exactly what I've been trying to get across. Protect those most at risk, and there's still some of those out there. 
mm-hmm. out in our communities, i.e. seniors over 60 with multiple comorbidities. Change the messaging completely. And, and, and so it, we've had a full year. You are five times more likely, if you're between the ages of 20 and 40, to die in a car accident driving to work tomorrow than you are of COVID, and yet we don't take your car keys away and tell you to stay home to protect you from car accidents. If you're over the age of 70, you have twice as likely a chance of dying of a heart attack than you do of COVID. The messaging must be changed. These special advisory groups develop fear campaigns. I want a confidence campaign coming out of the Premier's office to explain to people that COVID in one full year killed 1.9 million people worldwide. A terrifying statistic until you compare it to the fact that 2.54 million people die of pneumonia every single year worldwide. This disease is not the killer of our time. And yet, that's the messaging we're being given. So, number one, protect the seniors. Number two, change the messaging. Number three, get our society back to work because we've over doubled, sorry, we've almost doubled our national debt in this country. And that's going to take us generations to pay off, not counting the mental health impacts, the societal health impacts, the crushing of our children's education, deaths from other severe diseases. So, five pieces that that we haven't even talked about and those special advisory groups never talk about the mental health impact the societal health impact or the deaths from other severe diseases because it destroys their fear story so i would reopen society to pay for the damage we've done and get people to have confidence to go out shake hands and get back to know each other premier ford if you're listening there's some free advice. Uh, Mr. Redman, always appreciate your time, and I thank you for joining us. Thank you. That is David Redman, retired lieutenant colonel and uh, former head of Alberta's emergency management agency. So there is a different opinion that you won't hear in the mainstream. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.